Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday. This is episode 29 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined by my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Willie Small's on the line, and uh, we're ready to dive right in here. We got a, we got a great show lined up for you, and got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Um, Willie, let's jump right in. First of all, um, kind of came the news came down the pike. Um, yesterday about Cleveland State, and I, I guess we're all pretty excited about that. But first, let's check in with Willie. What's going on, man? What's up, buddy? A lot of uh, we have a lot of little stuff today. I would say, like a lot of little topics, uh, we can tackle a lot, right? Yep, yep, a lot of tackles. A lot of tackles. We'll go like Ray that. Lewis on the show, okay? Um, <laughs> so Cleveland State um, announced they were going to defund their program March 30th, and April the what 15th, um, they announced that. They're going to restore the funding. So you say, good, great, this is great, right? Like, we, we should be excited about that. Um, but kind of one of my initial reactions after the initial yes excitement, it was like— The initial after the initial? The initial after the initial. So I guess the secondary reaction, <laughs> as uh, Willie's pointing out, uh, was, man, this kind of—to me, it illustrated how little this school— and when I say this school, I mean this school's leadership— cared about wrestling they they wanted to get rid of wrestling and they expected it just to go quietly in the night i don't think they had any idea kind of the community's strength or numbers and that we would rally behind because probably they hadn't seen anyone rally behind their program in its history so they figured this would go quietly and it'd be done and because really what changed they raised student fees (laughs) one dollar per credit so it's like it's very clear they did not you know, they can give you all the political BS that they tried. It was a difficult decision, and we tried to – and don't believe that for a second. Um, they don't care. But uh, because if they cared, they could have done something as simple as ra- raising um, student fees, $1 um, per credit hour, you know, which which uh, I commend the student body for voting to uh, to raise their fees. And, and, I mean, besides, that's a joke. And in it, the vote, in the vote, they – it was more than a dollar. It was four to six dollars. Yeah. So they just did it a dollar. I don't know how they came but up now, with four now to six dollars. But now that was, see, in the release that came out that they saved the program or they they restored their funding, it was student fees will be raised by a dollar. In the original vote, it was the students voted to a raising a, a, a fee increase of four to six dollars per credit hour. Yeah. So I don't know if it's. I don't know if each student now will pay one more dollar extra or one more dollar extra per credit hour. Yeah. 
Um, but the 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 fact of the matter is. Yeah, that's academic, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, but um, you commend. I commend the community for, in my opinion, a uh, a pretty calculated response, and and um, I think people were were passionate. But I think I think they was they did not anticipate the the brushback they got, and I think that was a big part of it. And I think you know the student body and and the wrestling community potentially in Cleveland and and nationwide. I think it all came together and. And uh, and restored it, but I don't think for a second that Cleveland State cares more about wrestling now. Um, I, I'm relieved that it's back, but part of me still feels like with this leadership at the administrative level, I don't know how um, what heights it can reach because it, it it became more apparent to me how indifferent they were to the wrestling team, uh, not less. The fact that it, it could be yeah, restored I mean, two weeks I don't later. know. I, I think it illustrates a couple points. I think it illustrates a point that. Um, they didn't. They didn't value the program, obviously, uh, and, and maybe, maybe they still don't. But um, I, you know, I think that it would be good, especially at these smaller programs, for the wrestling, the wrestling coach to make friends with the AD, because I don't think the AD really had any idea about um the community support or, or what the status of, of the wrestling team was. I mean, you can't make, you can't make a decision to drop a program and then five minutes later be like, eh, I guess that, I guess that was wrong. Right. guess that wasn't the right, guess that wasn't the right move. I mean, it, it seems like it was a very whimsical decision. You, you don't make a decision like that and reverse it. I mean, this is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whimsical is a great way to put it. Just like, ah, uh, yeah, let's do it. I mean, they're just going whichever way the wind blows. I mean, I, I don't know, Will, if you had a chance to listen to uh, JB's um, interview with this guy, but this yeah. this guy was clueless, man. I was like, this guy is an athletic director, so it's like I can I could totally see how this could happen under under his leadership. Yeah, no, I haven't. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about that interview, but I really never got around to to listening to it. Uh, yeah, I, brutal. Yeah, I don't know. I think lack of planning and preparation went into that decision. I mean, first of all, to to cut a program, um, I would assume I'm not an athletic director, but I would assume you have to sit down and look at numbers and and look at a lot of data, and to justify the inclusion or the or the startup of another sport, including a women's program, uh, you have to look at another set of data and have your decision be based on analytics and rationality. And they clearly didn't do that because if they had evidence to back it up, <laughs> uh, you, you don't change your mind in, in a week's time. Now, they're still going to add men's lacrosse, which was kind of Perry's um... – agenda all along i mean this was agenda driven he wanted he's a lacrosse guy he's been a lacrosse coach he's um started lacrosse programs at other schools as i as i understand so that's that was his prerogative and i think it would have just been simpler to get rid of wrestling add lacrosse no one's gonna care and uh, i get to have the sport i like but yeah but don't you take pride in don't you take pride in having more sports i mean if i was an athletic director I don't know. Call me crazy, but the more sports I had, the better. Not the yeah, drop a program to add a program. Um, when obviously the solution could be remedied in, in as little as a one dollar uh, student. <laughs> yeah, 
And plus, I mean, while wow, raising student fees, I mean, as someone who went to college not that long ago and had to pay their way, the 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 rate you have to pay goes up every year anyway. So what's the difference? They they figure out a reason to raise the tuition costs. Regardless. While we're on the subject, yeah. While we're like, I guess what you're getting at is like. It's it's minuscule, right? It's a dollar. A dollar. Uh, it's gonna be. And, it'll be like fifteen. I mean, you know, you take fifteen credits. That's like the average. It'll be fifteen dollars a right. semester, whatever. Right. Well, while we're on that subject, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think like, man, a, a college can't afford to fund a program. Like, what's the operational expense? I don't know. What, what what's the operational expense of a Division One team? I don't. You know. Two hundred thousand, five hundred. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't for, know it, for it, one season. So I it definitely me, varies. I mean, yeah, it varies. Some coaching staffs are are tying up a couple hundred thousand dollars, and some of them, three coaches are taking up you know seventy. You know, it's a that's it, a big disparity just in just in coaches' salaries. Much less the you know the travel costs, the gear, how much money they're putting into facilities. Which for Cleveland State, the university's put in. None. It's been all uh, raised by the by Coach Tahira and and company there. That's what I'm saying. Uh, a lot of these schools offset the costs through fundraising, so it, it's very, it's not that much. And to, for me, I like. I guess my point is, um, these institutions can't afford. I mean, if your institution can't afford to support a wrestling program, you better you better hire a CEO or something. I mean, you better. Hi- Hire somebody that you better check your accountants. Yeah, because I, I it's not that much money. Yeah, I suppose not, but I don't know. I mean, there is some cost there, and you don't certain universities. Yeah, it's nothing. Um, but for Cleveland State, I don't know how many kids even go to Cleveland State. Um, I think it's a pretty small school, right? So still, still, like I said, like you you said. They they do fundraise and they yeah. offset a lot of the cost. I mean, they answer to the problem. Uh, all these schools, uh, every year it happens with somebody that's on the chopping block or rumored to be on the chopping block. That at the end of the day, there's one thing to do, and that's to work towards endowing your program. Yeah. Uh, that way, that's the only way you'll be safe. It's the only way you'll be safe. Yeah. Um. And and we'll have you know I'm trying to get uh, I wanted to have Jim Harshaw out of Virginia on the show for a while. The guy's a whiz, and he will – a lot of these things that I'm wondering, we're wondering, um, he'll have answers for. Uh, he knows the landscape um, and, and the funding of programs uh, very well, and I'm interested in, in hearing everything he has to say. I think everybody will love to hear him talk uh, about the nature of college athletics and what it means to wrestling. And I think we're going to try to have him on next week. Yeah, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. So we'll reach out to Jim here. Well, you know what? Other thing, while we're while we're on this topic, um, I I always wondered why a college can't, and this goes into finance, right? The same topic. Um, you know how a school has like three point five scholarships or something, right? Uh, why why can't this school just be like, yeah, we'll we'll give you two more. We're we're just gonna. We'll just waive the fees for two guys. I mean, it's what is the what is the offset to them? What is, I mean, there's two guys going to school for free. Well, I Who don't care. I don't. It's like so if they give 
two scholarships there. Don't they have to reciprocate on the you know on the women's side? I don't know. I don't know this. So what? I don't know the finance. I don't know. They can't allow they can't allow four people to go to school for free. If you can't allow four people to go to school for free, you you need to straighten out your finances. Yeah. Well, my understanding is you don't want your programs to be more successful. I don't know. At the at the cost of like say four scholarships. That's not really taking much away from you. I mean, that's just four kids going to school for free. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I think that's a pretty simplistic view. I think it's a little more complex than, oh, let's just let them go to school for free. So that's probably a good question for, for Jim Hodgshaw also. Right, why. exactly. Because, yeah, you're right. It, it sounds simple, but I'm sure there's other considerations that we're not even considering. So, um, so uh, overall, good. Glad they're back. Hopefully um, – this will will spur Cleveland State to be uh, – hopefully they can be a little more competitive. I mean, they're not terrible, but they're not – you know, there's no buzz around their program, I think, from the school standpoint, the student body. So I hope that uh, they can improve and tap into the resource, tap into their backyard, get some of those um, Cleveland kids out there, and, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it develops. Um Moving forward, uh, anything else on Cleveland State, or you want to transition here, Willie? No, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, I, let's hit. Let's hit another college topic before we before we focus on freestyle. Um, just like job change program status alerts that happen right after NCAA, sometimes uh, kids are on the move. Sometimes kids transfer right after NCAAs, or uh, we can. Um, Turn our attention to kids that have already um, transferred. Now you're gonna, uh, Christian's going to write a series in the next week or two. What are you writing it on, Christian? Again, specifically. So I don't want to call it like a, a redshirt report because it's not just guys that are redshirt. I'm focusing on guys that, for whatever reason, weren't weren't starters. So they could have been redshirting. They could have been backups. They could have been any number of things. Maybe they're transferring in from JUCO. Whatever. But impact guys. Um, that are going to come into the D1 fold next year. So a lot, the majority of that are, are red shirts, guys like you know Michich and um, Dalton Macri, guys like that. But there's there's you know um, someone like Dylan Cottrell who's transferring from App State to West Virginia. Right. So that's that's the kind of stuff we get into now after the season, looking at the landscape of uh, of college for next year. Um, so, but let's right now let's just hit a couple guys like. Cottrell that um, that have transferred. Yeah, I mean he's the really uh, to date, and of course he transferred in the middle of the season. Like he transferred before the semester ended, as I understand it. Right. Or, or I remember talking about it at the scuffle. Like it had happened at the scuffle, so um, he was gone around that point. So whenever that was, he's been gone from App State for a while. He's at West Virginia. Uh, he's from West Virginia, so it kind of all. Makes sense with the Sammy Henson factor, et cetera. But he's so far the only impact guy that's that's really changed scenery so far that I've seen. Uh, I believe it's pretty early into this process. We're still only in mid-April. Um, there what? were a couple others. Okay. Um, uh, now, I mean, not talking about the JUCO guys, because um, there's a lot of JUCO guys that have already, um, you know, signed their deals or 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 made their plans, announcements to go to Division One schools. But um, talking about strictly uh, D1 transfer to D1 school, uh, Danny Chade um, from Oklahoma transferring to Grand Canyon. Right. Uh, 
uh, the Lehman brothers from North Dakota State transferring to Nebraska. Really? Yeah, Curious. I thought you knew that. No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Huh, that's so, Shade, Cottrell, the Laymans, uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. But, uh, and then you, you have guys like um, uh, Josh Yopez and Ryan Deal um, trying to get into Maryland. Maryland. Uh, so, that could happen. Uh, Dawson Peck transferred from chattanooga to maryland last year from virginia tech to chattanooga to maryland right so east coast uh, tour yeah there, there's a bunch of movement and i'm probably continue to see more yeah but so far um not a lot of major heavy hitters changing scenery we haven't seen that big big impact guy so but uh you know who i'm interested in seeing uh freddie rodriguez uh won a juco national title this year and signed on with Oklahoma and there was a lot of guys there was actually a lot of suitors for him um if you don't know Freddie Rodriguez was a phenom in high school at one Fargo time champ, I mean right? Fargo champ I think he beat Joey Dance in in, in uh, Super 32 finals I mean at one time Freddie Rodriguez was a big deal he was a big deal like people were like wow amazing you know one of the I mean, maybe pound for poundish type thing. Yeah, um, I remember him. And then, and then he he had some trouble uh, living situation or whatever. He transferred to a bunch of schools, and he kind of fell off the radar. Resurfaced. Um, Didn't he resurfaced. End up in Iowa. Yeah, went to uh, ended up in Iowa, resurfaced, won a, a JUCO national title, and so it's really interesting uh, to see this ultra talented kid rebound. He he must be working extremely hard because um, he had gotten high in weight in the fifties. I heard fifties, oh and and he's at one twenty five now. So you know you don't you don't cut that weight and perform at that level if you're not doing things the right way. So I'm really interested to see um, Freddie Rodriguez back in form. Uh, they have an interesting situation, of course, at the lighter weights with Oklahoma. What do they do? Uh, you got Freddie Rodriguez coming in, Ryan Milhoff, Cody Brewer there. Um, Milhoff, so they, I, I wish they had redshirted Milhoff. I, I don't get it. Uh, he, I think he's talented, man, but he clearly needed a year. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think he needs to figure, figure some things out with the college game. I mean, he's Ryan Milhoff's awesome. Yeah, uh, I just think it's taking him a little bit. You know, it's taking him time to adjust to the college game. I mean, hey, he was like he won like the last three matches against Moise, I believe, uh, to end their high school career. Yeah, so. and then then, but yeah, I get it. But who they uh, they went in different directions. That's for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know better than I do. Was Milhoff getting his butt kicked this year, or was he losing a lot of close ones? Um, I, he was in some matches. He wasn't. That's that's what my, that's what I recall too. I just think he has to figure out how to win. Like, uh, I don't think he's like, you know, getting his butt kicked. Yeah, I I, I don't know. He, it was it was not a good year. It was not a good year. It was it was below what I expected. But I am I've kind of been a a Milhoff fan also. Sure, so, me too. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. I mean, the the what you would expect 
Wrestle Freddy this year, Redshirt Milhoff. Brewer graduates, then the bigger one goes up to 33, and then you don't have any uh, any overlap. No one's on the bench. No one's missing, um, you know, major time. That would be my thing. So there's Coach CP. That's my recommendation. Do you That's think... probably what we'll see happen. <laughs> Do you think uh, – what's your opinion of, of JUCO potential right now? Um, Is there a strong track record for – Juco guys coming in and and having impact in recent years. I, I'm trying to think back, you know, because I sometimes get, you know, guys transfer from outside of D1, whether it's D2, D3, Juco. Uh, they kind of all get mashed up in my mind, you know. Like I don't always really diff- uh, differentiate. You know I what could, I mean? Not I that I'm I not that I'm agree s- with. Not that I couldn't I'm... agree with you more. Like I, I don't remember if a kid was D three or JUCO or NAIA or whatever yeah. the case may be. I, I don't. Feel like Colby Covington, um, wasn't he a guy that I thought he was a, a JUCO guy? He went to Iowa for a second and then went to Oregon State, and he was really freaking good. But mm-hmm. uh, I think he was JUCO, and that's like one of the last guys I remember. Um, th- there have probably been others, but that come to my mind. There's not a lot. And even Colby, it didn't work out for him at Iowa. Now, he was behind Jay Borschel. That doesn't help things. But, um, yeah, he was he was pretty good. But he's one of the last ones uh, I remember. Fittery, hey, Fittery was D2? Shippensburg, I, I think. Know. I don't know. It was D2 or 3. It's definitely not Juco. Right. Yeah. So, Fittery was like one of the – he was – man, what a monster that guy was. Goodness gracious. Um so he was a, a guy outside of the D1 realm that. Well, okay. So I guess I guess if we're struggling to identify these guys, the 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 thing we're saying is it doesn't happen often. No, and I, I'm looking at at Rodriguez's year. Um, you know, he got majored by Gilman. Um, so like 18, 18 eight or something. 21-8. He lost to De- he lost to someone called Dwayne Robertson. Oh, he has a medical forfeit. He lost to Michich, which is fine. He doesn't lose to bad guys, but I, I don't know if he's going to be an impact guy. Um, he might be a solid qualifier type, and we'll see if he can round back into um, that elite form. Now, being in a room with Brewer and Milhoff and um, Coach Leitner, that's that's going to help things. And I, I presume Sam Hayeswinkle's still around. So it's a stout, lightweight room. And that could help him raise. Uh, yeah, level. yeah. I mean, he's gonna have great coaching. Uh, I just, you don't see a lot of guys. I, I would like to see more guys go from JUCO to Division One. Maybe, and maybe they do. Maybe they, it happens more than I realize. But um, you not, don't see, a, you don't see a whole lot of success in it. You don't, and it's. Uh, I think it's pretty wrestling specific. I don't know if it's just not being in that environment. I think you can just fall really behind if you're not in that like super tough D1 now, environment okay. competition wise and To be sure though, to be sure the guys that are winning JUCO there's a lot of guys in JUCO that were awesome in high school. So, uh it's filled with talent. Right. Right? But So Ju- JUCO's filled with talent. But yet, when they make the move to Division One, it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Well, what is um? I mean, something you, that gets brought up all too often in wrestling is just like, 
talent is just a part uh, of the picture. And for mm-hmm. many of these guys, there's a reason they're in junior college and weren't able to get into D1 schools, right? Well, well some put... of them, a lot of them were in D1 and had to go down. R- or that. But, right. So that right. shows so that there's, there was, there's there other components there. missing. Right. They, so. weren't, they weren't going to class. They didn't have the right work ethic. Uh, so, yeah, a, a you lot have of to, you really pretty much have to be the complete package to succeed at the D1 level. Like you can't yeah. have any holes like that missing. You can't have the academic piece missing. You can't have the whatever you want to say, the lifestyle component missing. Like you really just can't. So and I'm not I saying mean, it, it, and it I'm sounds... not trying to say every Juco kid is that way. But I mean, right. Let's let's it not be super naive. cliche. It sounds super cliche. But when it comes to college wrestling, wrestling. When it, when it comes to college wrestling, that that phrase, hard work beats talent when talent don't work, it's true, man. Yeah. It's, not it's just true. A, it's not just a cool T-shirt you buy at the Afton Quadrangular. That's a, it's a true thing. Hey, all, but another thing, it, I think it's wrestling specific because, man, these D1 football schools, they'll roll out the red carpet for a Juco kid in a minute. So, like, they, uh, yeah. Well, oh, I, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, but you know, what it doesn't he, take it doesn't take that level. Of, I don't I don't care what anybody says. I I know there'll be, there'll be people that'll be like, uh, Willie, you're crazy, and you think wrestling is the greatest thing ever. But <laughs> playing football in college to be a college running back does not require the level of commitment that it takes to be a a relevant college wrestler. Yeah. I don't care what you say. And so. You know, you you don't do school. Plus, plus, um, you got, they give they give grades in college. That's what they, I'm gonna they just say. Give them the grades. So, They're not so. doing that for a wrestler. They're doing that for you know, as Kyle Bauer says you know, on his Twitter, you know, Quincy from the football team. They they'll create. I mean, UNC created ghost classes and gave out A's. Like, you think it's happening in UNC? You don't think this is happening in Auburn, Alabama, Florida? Oh, it, it happens everywhere. It happens and it, everywhere. And it's, it's not just it's not just ghost classes. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be that egregious, but um, or that creative. These football players go to class with a, a, they have designated note takers. So I go to class with a with somebody accompanies me to class. Designated test and, takers. And yeah. I. And I uh, am on my phone looking at Twitter while the professor is talking, and my note taker takes the notes for me. And how ridiculous is that? Uh, so, yeah, they will football programs, Division One football pro- programs will lay out the red carpet for uh, JUCO football recruits because there's not as much risk. If I, you know, if there's a JUCO national champ that purportedly has great issues. Uh, in wrestling, he's still a risk to me because I don't know if he's going to go to class. If there's a running back from Townsend State um, that's all world, or not Townsend State, but a JUCO program, right? I can I can take a risk with him because all I have to do, all he has to do is carry the football. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so different, and that, that's why I brought it up. I brought it up to illustrate the difference in rigor that college wrestlers have to deal with compared with football it's just it's just a fact i mean the, and it's the not rig- only it's not only um it's not only the success or failure of the athlete to come in there right it's not it's uh 
if if a running back, if Alabama signs a JUCO running back, and he doesn't work out for some reason, even though everything's given to him, grades are given to him, everything's given to him, um, still can't get out of his own way. If, yeah, he still gets caught. I don't know smoking weed, which they even they even fake test for that. Yeah. And I don't know anything. You know, he steals lobster uh, crab, crab legs. legs or something. Right? And he and he. So what happens? Nothing. I mean, he he, he doesn't make it. Right. They because they, they they have they have 84 scholarships and big deal they lost a eighth string running back or something right they lost they they still have six more um, but what happens in wrestling is one you you only have 9.9 so the money that you gave that JUCO kid now you spend it on him as opposed to Spended it on that other 157-pound prospect that could have filled in for you. That that would have been a starter for you instead. Number one. Number two, it hits your APR. Right. So there there are a long list of why uh, it's very it's much more difficult to bring in a, a JUCO guy to wrestling than it is for football. Yeah, I I agree completely. And yeah, the the reason we just talked about is why. Um, you, you don't see many of those success stories. Um, not that they're not successful, but it's just, it just doesn't happen. It's tough to have happen. Um, leave us some feedback. Um, I feel pretty certain there have been other good Juco guys since before or since Colby Covington, but literally that was the last one that came to my mind. Any other All-Americans, leave us some feedback on Twitter, um, wherever, somewhere, comment on this page below, whatever. Um, see if I miss any because there's probably going to be one I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, did Claxton, did Claxton come up? Claxton I, I, was D two, I think he was a D two champ. Um, I can think of some other, you know, D two, D three guys, but as far as JUCO, there's there's not too many. And I'll tell you, hey, how about all the talk? Remember Marcus Lavasor? You remember him? No, I mean the name. He was the name. But... He's a D three guy. He was all world coming out of high school. He went D three, never lost a match in college. Won four titles. And it's it's kind of like that Joey Davis thing that's going on right now, and we're going to see Joey Davis, Alex Derringer, that beat the streets. Mm. Yeah, beat is right. Um, anyways, um, moving on from JUCO stuff. All right, let's talk. Hold on. It's freestyle season. Yeah. All right. So last Tuesday, two days ago, you made on me feel you made me feel absolutely ridiculous. For my thought, to the point where I was like, wait, what? Are we even talking about the same exchange, okay, with this Ramos and Rahimi thing? So I'm like, I, I felt very confident in what, and then you acted like I had two heads. So I'm like, I go back and I look and I look, I'm like, all right, I feel very sure. So I reach out to someone uh, because when you're having times of doubt and, and you're wondering, you reach out <laughs> to those who are authorities on such things. And for me, the, the person that, that I know well who is – an authority on freestyle wrestling rules, etc., is Lee Roper. And I think you would agree, Willie, that, that Lee is a guy far more in tune, even though we are in tune with freestyle wrestling, than we are. So I reached out to Lee, and he validated that it should have been two exposure for Rahimi, two exposure Ramos. That was the clear call, that in freestyle wrestling, it is uh, on the offensive wrestler to pass completely behind um, the defensive wrestler and just having a quote leg in, um, while that is a term in rest in folk style wrestling that may have relevance in freestyle, it means, uh, nothing. It was not a takedown. 
and um, I feel validated. So um, I, just, I just wanted to say that. I wanted to get that out publicly, that I'm not yeah. crazy. Uh, you know, when I – I watched it live, you know, and so when we were talking Ooh. about it on the show, um, in my brain, I hadn't watched it on film. And, and when we were talking about it, in my brain – I, well, I remember watching it live, and I thought clearly he had to. I could have been wrong. I mean, maybe that's not the way it's called. I went back and watched it on film, and I, and and coming off such a long folk style season, um, your I don't know your first reaction is that's that's a two, you know. So it, I, it happens once in a blue moon. I make a mistake, <laughs> well, and I, I will take I will take Roper's word on it because he's. He's a hammer when it comes to that. Yeah, um, for, for sure. We got to get him on the show sometime. Maybe that's coming get, up, though. We're going to post that in a couple minutes uh, or a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, you make the call. Um, we shouldn't even be validating this exchange. but So the, the question should be, is it two takedown, two, uh, two takedown Ramos, two exposure for Rahimi, two exposure for Ramos, or is it just two exposure for Rahimi, to exposure for Ramos. That's the question. That's the question. And it will go up at noon and uh, or eleven or something like that. Noon and Central. you guys, you guys can comment underneath. Yes, yes. But Lee Roper has the hammer. We gotta get him on here sometime. Um, yeah. He can spit some knowledge. Um, so good. I just wanted to get that out there, Willie. Let's. Um, we may. We'll see if this segment is sustainable or not. But we're gonna begin a, a, a segment that's called Willie Prayers. Um, Willie, do you wanna? This is Willie Prayers. This is. We need, I want, we need I want, a drop. We need a soundboard so bad. We do need a soundboard so bad. But you I know want what would be... stink? You can't hear. For whatever reason, I don't understand how the internet works, but for whatever reason, you can't hear like the music or anything, um, any of the drops, but but we need that. So that's something. Tech people at Flow, figure this out. Get us a soundboard with all the necessary drops and, and things that um, – yeah, let's well, class this place up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, class it up. But, okay, so this is my this is my new segment. If it goes well, um, <laughs> we'll continue to do it. But I, you know, I wish there was like sounds of doves, yeah, and maybe some 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 ambient music and right, some yeah. leaves rustling and just I want I want Willie Prayers to be a happy place, a safe place, mm. where yeah. I can just tell my thoughts. Just talk free. like you, you have to talk like um, the NPR people on SNL. <laughs> yeah, free of barbs. I want to. Everything I say and everything I tweet gets like <laughs> ripped apart. Yeah. Well, so so Willie Prayers is a little place. It's a safe haven where I can I can say a wish, and um, I want it to be free from criticism. A safe and happy place. And today my Willie Prayers is that I pray that Logan Steber goes 61 kilograms, and I think that's the best weight for him. Mm, um, I don't think he's that. I don't even if Logan Steber himself says he's too big to make 61. I don't believe you, Logan Steber. <laughs> how can you say that? And then how can I say that? Because this no, no, is no, why. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Really good people, really good wrestlers, are the are terrible weight cutters because they think they're too good. Ah, it's okay. I can wrestle the next weight up because I'm good and I crush everybody. Okay, well you can't. Uh, I'm all for Willie prayers, but I, I think you need to understand that your your prayers are not private between you and the man upstairs. When you put them out there, um, you got to be ready for some feedback here, Willie. And and I'm here to tell you the best thing for himself. Uh, we we don't really know that. First of all, 
Here, here's the best I, thing for himself. Finish a thought. All right. The best thing for himself is what is is to make an Olympic team. That's got that's yes. okay. There's no 61 kilogram Olympic team. He's not gonna shrink his body down to 133 pounds and then oh wait, I need to go up to 145 now. It's it's uh he needs to build his body up. If he's gonna go 65, he needs to build his body up. The only reason I would support this, and now this is even crazier, maybe. This is not a yeah, secret. but listen. You had your moment. You had your time with the Lord. Now let me speak. Um, is if he's going all the way down. Yeah, I said it. If he goes down to fifty-seven and he wants to, you know, work his body all the way down and you know have this year at sixty-one, then work his way down fifty-seven. Whatever. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't think that's possible. But. You don't think it's possible that he the goes kid, 57? The kid walks around. The kid walks around at 150 pounds, dude. You don't think he can make 125? I, I don't know. I I don't know. How how could I possibly answer that? I don't know what he can or can't do. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Um, it's a night before weigh-in. I, I know that, Willie. You're not telling me anything I don't know. But I I'm just telling you. I I don't see him going. All the way down to fifty-seven. I know okay, he's okay. not very tall. Riddle me this. Okay. You see him ever beating Brett Metcalf? No. I mean, ever? I don't know, but like maybe in five years. Uh, Brent Brent's on another level right now. Another level. Um, but he doesn't. He probably thinks he's gonna beat Brent Metcalf. He. I don't. Think I. Um. That has nothing to do with it. But yes, it does because what he, how he views himself, impacts this decision. If he thinks he's the best guy at sixty-five, um, then then he's not. Why would I? Why would I lose thirty pounds? Well, then he needs I'm a the friend. Guy? He needs a friend, and I can be that friend. <laughs> so you're here. You're here to help. You're 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 going to be Logan Steber's mentor here. Logan, go sixty-one kilograms. Start your descent. 60 okay are you saying he should go 61 so that he can eventually go 57 for the olympics is that what you're saying because, um because why go 61 in a year he's got to gonna make an olympic team uh, he's not making an olympic team I, I, I mean that's just absurdity it's not absurdity stop it with it's not absurd that he would be he's not okay. that far behind here's you know what i was talking to Kids at Flow National. I, I've talked to a lot of kids uh, about Sorry. the cadet, the ca cadet worlds, right? And I said to them, they said, "What well, you know? What what weight do you think we should go uh, at cadets?" Oh my gosh! And you I have said, all these Skeletors walking around." <laughs> okay, I said this. I said, "You are talented enough to make the cadet world team." Um. At such and such a weight. However, do you want to make the Cadet World team or do you want to medal at Cadet Worlds? Because even if you win a Cadet World, a Cadet, an Akron, uh, you are going to be tiny compared to the – dude, the kids at Cadets and Juniors are enormous. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they make it. Um, so making the team is one thing. Meddling is another. And – Eat. Okay, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Logan Steber wins the spot uh, on the Olympic team at 65 kilograms. However, he is going to be dwarfed 
at Olympics or Worlds. Perhaps. He ain't doing that. Come on. He ain't doing nothing at that weight. Whew. Yeah, I'm sure you're not getting any negative brushback here, Willie. This is totally going to be a, be a safe place. I, I, so, okay, why doesn't Ed Ruth go heavyweight? I mean, come on. <laughs> Dude, I'm, not, I'm not down – I'm not diminishing um, Logan Stever's ability. I just don't think it's realistic at all. He's small. He's too small. I'm not saying he's not good. I think Logan Stever's amazing, which is why I want him to go 61. Yeah, but so that he will eventually go 57. I want you to say that. Because if you, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. That's that's apparently that's that's in another year. Yeah. This year for Vegas, be at sixty one. Yeah, uh, I don't know if we'll see that. I don't know. He's I, he. I think he does not like cutting weight that much. I mean, we we did a whole. You know, we did. Oh that. yeah, I know. Other guys really enjoy it. <laughs> Some guys can do it. Some guys. Uh, I don't let me see. Logan. Let me be your life coach. Oh, let boy. me. No, we, Logan. Official advice: Do not let Willie be your life coach. Why? I'm, not, I'm not saying your advice may be bad here, um, but it just didn't no. Ju- I just want. I want to live with Logan. Yeah. See, no, I'll give him. Willie. You know, I will like make decisions for him. Logan. We'll get him down this. You know, we'll get him down to 61 for the trials. He's he's gonna be dipping in an all time clip if if you're his life coach. <laughs> I would have... not let him dip. Come on. Just because I make bad choices for myself does not mean I would make bad choices for Logan Stever. <laughs> At Logan, run as fast as you can. Um, all Jeez. right, so we'll see. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, we'll see that what was he does. Really I, prayers. I, uh, for for everything you say, for for the hard time that I gave you, I don't think that your point doesn't is without merit. I think there there may be something to that. Um, and now that. You know, he had considerations for his college weight. Now it now it's kind of different, right? Now he doesn't have to make weight 30 times a year. You know, you do it in April, and then you do it in June, and then you do it in September. So it's different. Um, and you don't have to worry about what you weigh in November anymore. So I, I think there may be something there. We'll see if he does it. Um, he's not tall. He's pretty thick. We'll, we'll see. But his strength is such a part of of what makes him great i don't you know do you want to maybe risk losing some of that i don't know i don't know we'll see what he does maybe uh maybe we'll get we'll get an answer here in the next couple months so all right logan steber we'll see where you end up um no pressure from willie sailor though um gabe dean is gonna wrestle greco at the pan-american championships willie your, your thoughts cool I don't know how good he is in Greco. I don't know if he ever wrestled a Greco match. Yeah, I don't. Uh, however, I I want to see more. Man, it's, it sounds bad when you say I want to see more athletes wrestle Greco uh, because that's that's saying that the guys that do wrestle Greco aren't very athletic. But um, we want to deepen the, the I, I, I want to see. Yeah, I want to see everybody. I want to see more numbers in Greco and more. I'll say it. Talent. I want to see more talent. Uh, even if they, even if they, doesn't work out, I want to see more guys that have had success in folk and free. Our our very best folk and free guys. Um, more more guys dip their dip the toes in the Greco waters and really train and really commit to it. Um, yeah, my my thoughts exactly. I'm excited. I think, you know, there's some guys that you can just see a pretty um, seamless, not seamless, man. But- but a good transition. I mean, the kid's an amazing hand fighter. He's great positionally. He's strong as an ox. 
And we've seen, I mean, his freestyle progression is, was uncanny. Um, so he's shown the, 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 the able to develop in the international styles quickly. I mean, he went from, he DNP'd at um, Fila Juniors two years ago. Then yes. he gets third behind TJ Dudley and Ricky Robertson. And then mm-hmm. he makes the world team. And then he places third at Junior Worlds. I think people, do you understand how hard that is to place third at Junior Worlds? <laughs> to get the brother? Yeah. That is amazing. And when you consider yep. his progression, like, dude, he was third at Juniors behind Ricky Robertson and TJ Dudley. And now he's third in the world a few months later. And he's, like, good on top. Like, he's good with, uh, I think he's got a pretty nice gut. Um, so, like, he's. He looked great at oh, Junior Worlds. He World. was awesome, man. He was awesome. Um, and I'm pretty sure in the – I can't remember the match he lost. I'm not even going to say. But uh, all that to be said, I think Gabe Dean's going to do a fine job here at the Pan Am Championships. I mean, the, the field I can't imagine is going to be terribly rigorous. Um, Mason Manville also going 75 there. Um, There's somebody else. Uh, somebody just told me at the World Cup – about like somebody that's going Greco that you wouldn't think like like Dean like you tell me Dean's going Greco and that's a surprise somebody uh, I I believe it was Craig Craig Sesker Craig Sesker's going Greco yes he's oh going my one, gosh. 130 kilograms he's gonna be no, an animal Craig Craig Sesker told me of somebody that's going Greco at an event and and it was really interesting I forget this dang is, it this is a great story <laughs> bringing a lot to the table. <laughs> There, so so just so you guys just to get you guys caught up to speed on the story Willie just broke there is someone that's gonna wrestle Greco yeah somebody's gonna wrestle Greco so stay so tuned break, on that break but remember news. you heard it here first that someone is gonna wrestle Greco so I love it I love that Dean's doing it now these are the Pan American Championships not to be confused with the Pan American Games which are different and more prestigious um, for whatever and they only, reason but they because they only happen to, they only happen every couple of years and. They're uh, in Pan- Toronto. Yes, they are. We should go to that. We should go, bud. You and me. Bring, bring back some maple syrup. A. Yeah, let's do it. Um, all right, we got 15 minutes left. Dang it. Can we get to this in time? Um, no, probably no, not. You're saying no? Should, should we table that? Or should we go to the next thing? What do you think? Let's, yeah. go, let's table what? it because that's a good one. Table it. It's a long one. It's tabled. Um, officially tabled that one. Stay tuned next Monday or Tuesday whenever we do this again. Probably Monday. Um, Let's go to should JB wrestle. Should JB wrestle? What we're talking about is Jordan Burroughs, fairly talented freestyler wrestler for the United States, has wrestled in the U.S. Open every year since um, he's jumped onto the freestyle scene. And ever since he won Worlds that first year, he hasn't had to. He's just done it because he's that guy. He wants people to watch him wrestle. He, he's, he talks often about his legacy and how he wants to be viewed, and he wants people to – Say they had an opportunity to watch him wrestle, but should he wrestle in the U.S. Open? There's literally nothing good that can happen no, there, other than other than we get to watch him. So, no, but nothing good for him. I mean, he's going to win something he's won a hundred times. He gets no benefit down the line. He just well. Why don't you explain that? Explain the benefit. All right, here's the dealio. Um, Jordan Burroughs is automatically in the World Team Trials Finals by virtue of being a world medalist. So he cannot even show up to, to Vegas. He's he's just going to roll into Madison. He's in the finals for the World Team Trials of 74. That is set. That's happening. In, he's in the finals. Doesn't have to wrestle at U.S. Open. Doesn't have to wrestle in the World Team Trial mini tournament. He's in the finals. Somebody and that, has to and that beat is, him two out of three to make the World Team. Right. So 
and as we saw last year at the U.S. Open, and not that this would have mattered, but, you know, he darn near lost to David Taylor. Um, I mean, one of the, that's an iconic match. That's like an all-timer. Um, right. But we're glad, it, we're glad he wrestled yeah, there because we got yeah. to watch it. Now, if you're Jordan Burroughs, though, is giving other guys looks at him benefit? It doesn't benefit him. Doesn't help him. I mean, he's the one being chased. Um, uh, and he said in an interview last year, pretty much right after it happened, um, that he will not. That he would not. But I'm hearing it, that's not 100% determined. Maybe it is now. But as of like a week or two ago, he was still at least considering it. So we'll see what he considers. Um, we cannot be upset um, if, in my opinion, if he doesn't. He's you know what's interesting about Jordan and and not interesting? I just I love it. Awesome. What's awesome about Jordan Burroughs um, is that he's very aware of records and legacy. And perhaps the number of U.S. Open titles is attractive to him, to where he stands in the pantheon of guys who've won multiple U.S. Open titles. So maybe that's attractive to him. Yeah, because what he's won, I guess, four straight now? Um, 11, something, 12, something like 13, 14... He's won four in a row. He could get five in a row. We, I don't know how, you know. But, yeah, you're like you said, he is very in tune with his record, with, with everything he's accomplished, and how he measures up with the other greats in our sport. Now, him wrestling in the Open um, raises another question if he doesn't go. He, and even, mm-hmm. if, even if he does go, even if he does go, why should Kyle Dake or David Taylor, Andrew Howe, um, Alex Daringer, what is their benefit in wrestling in the U.S. Open? Because if yeah. they win, let's say they win the tournament. Let's say Kyle Dake beats David Taylor, and then he beats Jordan Burroughs by pin uh, in two seconds. It doesn't matter because he still has to wrestle in the mini tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's – no, and, and I'm not saying this, that's a bad thing. This has long been a kind of um, conundrum that – you know, you had to deal with at the U.S. Open a question: how to make, how to incentivize wrestling at the U.S. Open, and then pros and cons, and and how should the how should the system work? Um, and now, for the most part, uh, and this is kind of unfortunate because we don't have that many world medalists. But if you win the U.S. Open at 57, 61, etc., you get the buy to the to the trials finals. Right. If you win the Open, you sit in the finals. At the trials. Right. Except at 74. And 125. Because there's, because there's a, a world, yes. Yes. Because they're world medalists. Um, so it decentivizes. Um, at those two at weights. The, at those two weights, there's not an incentive to wrestle at the open. So my thing is, why don't they do this? This is the, the obvious solution. Obvious, but go. I know Why don't they do this? Why don't if you win the open at any weight, you uh, if you win the if you win the open, you sit in the world team trials finals. Except at seventy four and one twenty five, you sit in the finals. But then even if you have even if you win, you have to wrestle JB or Travell in another final. Hold on. Here's what here's I don't know if what you're saying. Here's what needs to happen. You win the US Open and you're Kyle Dake. You should wrestle the winner of the mini tournament 
Yes. Okay. You wrestle the winner of the mini tournament, and then the winner of that match wrestles Burroughs. That's what. That's what happen. I'm saying. Okay. That's what I'm saying because now, then there is incentive uh, for everybody. Yes, and I think, man, you know what would kind of stink if Kyle Dake and David Taylor and Andrew Howe and Alex Daringer. I don't even know if Daringer's planning on competing, but I'm just throwing it out there, kind of wishing he would. Um, decide on ah, no, that's okay. There's nothing really in it for me. I could get injured. Um, which, well, that's the question. Which, that's if the I'm question Kyle Dake, year, Kyle Dake, Kyle Dake, um, man, he can't buy any luck on the, in the injury department. And I'm gonna go wrestle in the U.S. Open. Like I think he's gonna go, but it's that's like, the question every year, though, man. That's the question every year. Who's gonna show up uh, and 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 why? Yeah, uh, it's it's a good uh, question. Do you think you think Dake will wrestle? Yeah, I think he will. I think he I will. Know, I think man. he's planning on it. I don't know. He does. We should ask He misses Kyle. a lot of stuff. Well, I mean, he he doesn't miss a lot of stuff. He's been he had a horrible injury last year. He was out for the open through the trials. He had that his foot was completely screwed up. He wasn't able to wrestle. It's not like he's not going to things. He's physically unable to go to things. And well, then you, yeah, then, and you just said it. What right. if he gets hurt again at the open? So right. Right, but, I mean, but you kind of made it sound like he's, he's not. I'm talking out loud here, and I pray that Kyle Dake. Well, we already had prayer time, but uh, <laughs> this should this uh, would have been a much more reasonable prayer. No, my first prayer was thought provoking. Mm, thought provoking. Yeah, I pray that I pray uh, anyway. I pray that Kyle Dake goes to the U.S. Open. However, mm. I'm not sure he will. Amen. Um, we should probably ask him. We should ask Kyle Dake. Kyle Dake, are you going to the U.S. Open? And if not, please. Um, so yeah, I think that's a simple solution. Very simple, common sense solution. It incentivizes the U.S. Open. It gives Kyle Dake a reason to wrestle in the Open. It gives David Taylor a reason to wrestle in the Open. Taylor's been banged up too. Um, he was off the mat for a while after World Team Trials. So, uh, you know, and that's nothing new for, for wrestlers. A lot of them are injured. So let's incentivize further the U.S. Open. Uh, let's give these guys a reason to compete, even at those weights, where um, we've got World Team Trials. Because, hey, if, if our program, and Lord willing, hopefully it continues to improve the United States in wrestling, hopefully this will be a, a common thing, not just two of the weights, you know, six, seven, eight of the weights even, um, that we've got guys that are sitting in the trials finals. And then it could become a real problem at the Open if, if guys just have no real incentive to go. So let's, uh, hey, for next year, and who knows how it's going to work with um, the Olympic trials because we'll be talking Olympics next year. Holy cow, it's almost here. Um, hopefully it's a they, – they've kind of figured this out. And I know. I, you know what? The other day the other day I went to the higher-ups and I said, hey, I know it's a long way off, but can I get that, uh, can I get that media pass for uh, the Olympics? And uh, okay. they said, we don't know yet. So, Christian, there's still hope for you. Come on. Man, see, I'm not going to advocate for myself. I think they're just going to understand CP needs to be in there watching history. Um, <laughs> anyways, can't wait for the Olympics. Can't wait for the U.S. Open. There's a lot There's a lot coming up. Um, let's tackle some 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 little things. Cause we All got, right, we got six minutes. We got six minutes. All right. It's a high school match. That's right. Two, two, two. One question I have um, – and I'm interested in your take. Why are we not very good on top in freestyle? We're good on top in Greco. What's um, 
I said that. I've been saying that for years. Yeah. Like I, and and some people will state the obvious and say, so uh, this is what I said it last year during the Worlds. Um. <laughs> there should be like a session each day at training camp where the uh, Greco coaches and the Greco athletes and the, the freestyle works parts here with them. Yeah. Uh, because they're just better. And I think, I think in, in large, um, in, in the bigger picture, the problem is this. Uh, points are more at a premium in Greco. And so if you get on top, it's really a huge, huge thing if you can get a turn. It, like, opens, completely opens up the match. It's, it's so important to get a turn. Where in freestyle, like, if you don't get a turn, eh, you go neutral, you, there's a lot of opportunity to score on leg attacks. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of the problem. And feet to uh, backs I, are more common, uh, truly, in, in freestyle than, than Greco, right? Yeah, so, I mean... Um, I don't I, I don't know if we train as much parterre. Uh there seems to be less of an emphasis. And but the Greco guys are really good. So why don't we train with them a little bit? Now, uh not a little bit, a lot of bit. And but the the response I got to that was well, obviously you can't touch the legs in in Greco, so it's easier for them to turn, and it doesn't exactly translate to freestyle. How is that? Wait. You can't touch the legs in Greco. That should make it harder to turn because there's fewer op- – you can't lace. So it's like pretty much all you can do is is gut in Greco, right? So it's like – and even still, even though there's only like one or a handful of turns to defend, they're still getting turns at a higher level. Doesn't that make it actually more difficult and more impressive that they turn at such no, a high rate? Well, I mean, on bottom you can defend by touching leg. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, so there's that, but we do, we do, stink on top too. And you know, I don't know how much effort we put in. You know, you see guys get a takedown, and they're just, they're, I mean, within five seconds they're looking at the ref like, yeah, uh, can you put us up neutral now? Yeah. Which I mean, who am I? But it's like, man, at least. If you're working for something and you're an American and you know our condition's a weapon, make the guy work from underneath. You know, squeeze the heck out of him. Um, see if he can get something going. Maybe you take a little bit out of his tank in the process instead of just basically giving him a breather, giving yourself a breather. Um, but who who am I to strategize for you know the best? Yeah, if in we our could, country? I mean, we if we could get a turn here and there, man. Oh, they're so they're That's they're a- huge. They're huge if you can get them. Um, yeah, absolutely enormous. So um, Brent's getting really good. Yeah, he's he's always had the gut. Travell's good. We mentioned that last show that we've got some guys that are good on top, but as a whole, we're a little behind there. And I don't want to take the, the the obvious, you know, the kind of low hanging fruit is just to blame folk style for everything. So I don't want to go that route either because I think there's um, Greco guys wrestle folk style in high school and they're able to transition. So I don't accept that answer. Um, all right, we got two minutes, Willie. What do you want to get this last two minute? Two minute warning. Just uh, how about how about this? It's real sh- short and sweet. What'd you think of the officiating at World Cup? Um, honestly, I wasn't. Um, there were some moments, obviously, as almost every international tournament, where you're like, "What? They've they've lost control of this match." Um, the the Marable thing we talked about was 
ridiculous. I mean, the the Rahimi Ramos thing. Uh, I still don't know what the score was of that match. I've seen five five six five six six. Yeah, what, they changed it at the end too, and like they were gonna raise cha- Ramos's hand. They changed it to something that um, was. Yeah, they were gonna raise Ramos' hand. They they changed it to something that was impossible, also. Because yeah. they, I don't know, they like took a point away from Ramos. But if that was the case, then I, I, they they should have got a point for a lost challenge. I, it was goofy. It was really goofy. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... And there's look, there's always gonna be, especially in freestyle, when a lot of things are subjective. Uh, there's always gonna be some things you don't particularly agree with. Yeah. No. I, but. I... There, there was definitely some matches where it went beyond judgment calls and into um, complacency or, like, you know, egregiousness. Yeah, I, I think it's just you just never know what you're going to get. It's so official to official the how things are going to be scored, how they're going to view different things that you, you never know, and that's kind of always been my number one gripe. I know, but what, what, I, what, what, what ticks me off is, like, it's so widespread and so well known that calls are going to be really goofy that it's like, oh, what are they calling here? What's the score? Oh, it's 3 2. Whatever. Let's just wrestle. It's like they don't, the wrestlers and the coaches sometimes don't even want to get it right because it's like, whatever. They're going to call what they want to call. Right. They're going to just take a point from us and, and make us deal with it, anyways, whether they were right or wrong. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Willie, uh, 11 o'clock, we did it. Um, Thank you guys for tuning in. We've got um, – we're going to be back on next Monday, right, Willie? Monday. We're not, we're not going anywhere. We're going to be home for the weekend, and uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Um, thanks a lot. We'll see you Monday, 9 a.m. Central. going to have a lot of topics coming at you. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.